So we're going to pick it up from the beginning of Daftzadi Aleph and Aleph. The Mishnah said that if a woman marries based on one witness and then the husband shows up, so in addition to all the penalties the Chazal gave to her, she's Pasal Kahuna. And if she's a Basi Sral, she can't marry Kain. So it's Pashit, she committed adultery. So the Gemara says, Baslevi mina Meiser, it's The Chiddush is that if she's a Baslevi, she can't eat Meiser. Generally, Meiser is something even a woman who committed an act of adultery is allowed to consume. But over here, it's a problem. So the Gemara says, Baslevi mina Meiser, mi The question is, why is it Osir? A Baslevi is, even if she does Nus, she's allowed to eat Meiser, but Tanya. If a Baslevi was captured by a Goyim, she lived with Goyim, she never be so she lived inappropriately. She's allowed to eat Meiser. So why over here can she not eat Meiser? It's a penalty. Generally, we would allow a Baslevi to, to eat Meiser, but over here it's a penalty. We're machmer on this woman because we penalize her because she did not look into it properly. The Gemara continues, Baskayim and Atruma. If she's a Baskay and she's possible from Truma, the Gemara explains, I feel the Truma, the Rabbonon, even Rabbinic Truma, she's prohibited from. And Yarshin Shalzev, Yarshin is a Yarshin Suvasa. And neither pair of um, of husbands, again, she had the first husband, then she remarried to a second, she married a second guy based on the one witness saying the first husband is dead. Neither pairs of family are Yarish or Ksuva. Neither kids from any uh, spouse is Yarish the Ksuba. So the Gemara says, Ksuba I thought she forfeits her Ksuba. So what does it mean that neither family gets a Ksuba? She doesn't have a Ksuba. So the Gemara says, We're talking about Ksuba's been in Dichrin. Ksuba's been in Dichrin is um, men were afraid to give their daughters large dowries because eventually it could be lost. I'll give you an example. Your daughter marries someone, has children. The daughter dies, then the husband remarries and has more children. So there's her children, and then there's the stepchildren from the second marriage, and then the husband dies. So that dowry went from the wife to the husband, and now it's being split between her kids and her husband's kids with the second wife, because that's how inheritance goes. It goes to the husband, and eventually it could be lost. So men were afraid to give their daughters large dowries. In order to protect that, part of the ksuba, there was a clause called ksuvas benindichren. Ksuvas benindichren meant that if a woman brings in a large dowry into her, into her marriage, it stays with her kids. So even if she dies and the husband remarries, it does not go to the, any future children. It sticks with her biological children. So the point of the Mishnah is that if she had a ksuvas benindichren, it is, uh, in this scenario, she loses it. It's lost. The Ksuvis bin and Dichrin are lost. Um, so the Gemara says, Pshita. Where it says, Pashit. It's Pashit that, uh, meaning, what's the Chiddush? The Chiddush, if she commits adultery, she doesn't only lose her Ksuvis, she loses Ksuvis bin and Dichrin. It does not stay with her biological children, it goes to the husband. Yeah, it's Pashit. So the Gemara says, Mao, the same, The Chiddush is, you might think that the penalty imposed to this woman would only penalize her but not her kids. The Ksuvis bin Indichrin allows her children to get her dowry. So you might think that we shouldn't penalize her children, Kamash Malan, no, we penalize her and her children as well. Then the Mishnah says that if the husband, the first husband and the second husband die, she does Chalitza to both of the brothers. So let me just explain outside. She, when the first husband, that was her actual husband, she was only actually married to the first husband, the second husband was adultery. So when he dies, the, she has to do chalitza midaraisa. she just can't do yibam rabbinically, but she, she has to do chalitza biblically. Why does she have to do chalitza to the second husband, 
if the second husband dies, she has to do chalitza to the second second husband's brothers. That's a rabbinical requirement because they were never actually married. But the reason why she has to do chalitza is because is because we're um, we're afraid that the whole point of why she has to get a get from the second husband, even though they were never actually married, it was adultery, is because people will think they're married. And if she doesn't get a get, then people are going to think you could just be married and walk away without a get. So, meaning because optically, it looks like they're married, we treat them as married. So too, that's the reason why she has to rabbinically do chalitza. Because people think she's married, then we require her to do chalitza as well. The Gemara speaks it out. The chalitza that she does with the first husband, that's biblical. And the chalitza to the second husband's family, that's only rabbinic. Okay? Fine. New sugya. The Gemara says like this. In the Mishnah, the Mishnah started off by saying that if a woman remarries based on one witness, so, so the halacha is... Removed. Um, so the halacha is that she, if she remarries based on one witness... If she remarries based on one witness, so we penalize her if the first husband shows up. And she doesn't get a ksuba, and she, you know, husband can't, uh, doesn't acquire her things. Then, the Mishnah brings down three shitas. There's Rav Yaisi, Rav Lazar, and Rav Shimon. Rav Yaisi says, he starts off by saying that she gets a ksuba. Then you have Rav Lazar who says that the husband acquires all things that she owns goes to the husband. And Rav Shimon says that she does Yibam to the first husband. So you have Rav Yossi, Rav Lazar, and Rav Shimon. The Gemara now is going to bring a two-way machloikas as to whether Rav Yossi, Rav Lazar, and Rav Shimon are going from least chiddish to biggest chiddish or biggest chiddish to least chiddish. Let's, let's see it inside. Om Rav Huna. Rav Huna says like this. Rav Huna feels that the order of Rav Yossi, then Rav Lazar, Rav Shimon, is going from least chiddish to biggest chiddish. Meaning, Rav Yossi is the least chiddish. Because what's Rav Yossi saying? Rav Yossi is saying that she gets a ksuba. Okay, so that's a monetary obligation. It's not such a big deal to say that she gets the ksuba. Also, it's a monetary obligation that takes effect when the marriage is over which we want the marriage to end, so we there's no reason for us to, you know, it's not such a big deal to say that when the marriage ends and they're ready to get divorced, she gets a ksuba, the least chiddish. Then you move up to Rav Lozer, who is the middle chiddish. The middle chiddish, which is Rav Lozer, that she get, that, that, sh, that, that we grant the husband her finances, so it's a financial concept, but it's a bigger chiddish than Rav Yossi because this finance is taking place during the marriage and potentially extending the marriage. We're allowing the husband to acquire anything the wife gets goes to the husband. That potentially would extend the marriage. It's not like the ksuba, which takes place after the marriage ends. So it's still money, so it's not the biggest chiddush, but it's money that takes place during the marriage. Comes to the biggest chiddush, which is Rav Shimon. Rav Shimon says that the first the wife does yibam to the first, uh, first husband, the first husband's brother. That's a big chiddush, because that's bia. So it's least chiddish of Rav Yossi, then Rav Lozer is the middle chiddish, then Rav Shimon is the biggest chiddish. So Rav Shimon, who has the biggest chiddish, he would agree with Rav Lozer and Rav Yossi. Rav Lozer would agree with Rav Yossi and not Rav Shimon. And Rav Yossi would agree with nobody, because he is the least chiddish. That's the Gemara says. And we'll, it's just written funny, but that's the Gemara's point. Rav Shimon, Maidile, the Rav Lozer. 
the Mabia Dikari Surakonis, Koshkimisiasamaisidemainuhu. Rab Shimon is the biggest chiddush because he allows her to do yibum, which is bia, which would be the first thing Chazal would outlaw, and yet he feels that she's allowed to do bia. Then kol shikain, the other shitas he would agree with because those are all finances. Rav Elazar might do the Rav Shimon. Rav Elazar, who's the middle shita, would not agree with Rav Shimon, which is the biggest chiddush. Why? Because there's mitziasim. I see that the minor leikonis. Avobia the yisurikakonis. He feels that Chazal would not allow them to to do yibum, which is bia. He feels that only money he'd be comfortable, not with actual relations. But everyone agrees to Rav Yossi because it's the least chiddush. Because Rav Yossi, not only is he dealing with money, which is less severe than than relations, but also it's money of the ksuva which takes place when the marriage ends. So it's the least chiddush. Rav Yossi lo modi who? Why? Because ksuva delamishkel meipak who delikonis of Hanid Yossi to delikonis. And Rav Yossi doesn't agree with anybody. Because Rav Yossi is the least chiddush, but he doesn't agree to any of the larger chiddushim. So that's Rav Huna's take, which is that Rav Yossi is the least chiddush, leading up to Rav Elazar. Small, bigger, biggest. Rav Yochan has the opposite shita. Rav Yochanan holds that Rav Yossi is actually the biggest chiddush. Then Rav Elazar is the middle chiddush, and then Rav Shimon is the least chiddush. How so? Rav Yossi said that she gets a ksuba. The reason why that's the biggest chiddush is because she gets the ksuba. This is a case where she committed adultery. Rav Yossi says that she gets the ksuba. That's taking money from him and giving it to her. If anything, we should penalize her the most. The fact that Rav Yossi says she gets the ksuba is the biggest chiddush of all. Then goes to Rav Elazar, who Rav Elazar holds that we do grant the husband certain rights, but it's, the money is going from her to him. So that's less of a chiddush than Rav Yossi. She committed adultery, so we're penalizing her. We're saying that whatever she acquires goes to the husband. That's not as big of a chiddush as Rav Yossi. Then the least chiddush is Rav Shimon. Why? Because Rav Shimon Shita, which is that she do yibam, that's after the marriage is over. The whole point of these penalties is we want the marriage to end. Once the husband dies and the marriage is over, there's no reason to have any rabbinic penalties, and then you just fall back on biblical law, which is you have to do yibam. So Shimon is in essence the least chiddush according to Rabbi Yochanan because all he's saying is you do yibum. That that's after the death is already taken place, the marriage is already dissolved. There's no reason to penalize. So okay, so you have to do yibum. It's not a big chiddush. You just keep the Torah law. Rabbi Lazar is the middle chiddush because he's saying that we we grant during the marriage we grant certain financial um, strengths, but at least it's to the husband. And then the biggest chiddush is Rabbi Yossi because he's saying that we penalize the husband and give the ksuba to the wife. Where in essence she committed adultery. If anything, she should forfeit everything. That's the biggest chiddush. Let's see an insider. Rav Yehuda Amar Kama Ma'idul the Basarai Basarai Ma'idul Kamoi. Rav Yosi Ma'idul Rav Lazar Ksuva Demidi Dei Ludi Dali Kanes Kol Shekem Siyas Ma'isi Dei Demidi Dei Ludi. Rav Yosi is the biggest chiddush because he's saying that we're taking money from the husband, giving it to the wife, even though she committed adultery. Then Kol Shekem what Rav Lazar said, which is that the husband gets the rights of the wife because that's taking money from the wife to the husband. Rav Lazar Le Ma'idul Le. But Rav Elazar doesn't agree with Rav Yossi because Rav Yossi is the biggest chiddush. Because mitziasim I see a day with a midday lididay, like kanes avuksuba the midday lidida kanes. Tervayi moidul Rav Shimon umahadi the mechaim like kansi biudul acher misa like kol shikin Rav Shimon lamoidul biudul acher misa like kanes avahadi mechaim kanes. Okay. One more difficult sugya, which will take us to the next amid, and then the rest of the daf is super easy. The Mishnah started off by saying that if a woman marries based on one, one aid, and then the husband shows up, she has to get divorced from both men. Then the Mishnah quoted Rav Shimon, as we just saw, that Rav Shimon said that he feels that she's allowed to do yibam, and then Rav Shimon said a second statement. 
The second statement was that if she marries based on two witnesses, she's allowed to go back to the first husband, no get from the second husband, she's allowed to go back to the first husband. says that second statement of Shimon, that is the halacha. Hachi Hilchosa, that's the halacha. That if she marries based on two witnesses and then the husband shows up, she may go back to the first husband without uh, needing a divorce. So the Gemara says, so Rav Hunam Rav says that's the halacha. Amalei Rav Nachman, Ganve Why do you have to be so stealthy? Meaning, why are you not quoting Rav Shimon? Why are you just saying this is the halacha? Just say the halacha follows Rav Shimon. Just say the halacha follows Rav Shimon. The shmatach of Shimon because you're just quoting Rav Shimon. Why are you saying this is the halacha? Just say the halacha follows Rav Shimon. The chitem amin halacha Rav Shimon mashra afila kamaisa. And if you say, well, he didn't want to say the halacha follows Rav Shimon because Rav Shimon t- said two sentences, two two statements, two pesukim, and he's only following Rav Shimon for the second statement, but then just say, just say the halacha follows Rav Shimon in the second statement. So why aren't you doing that? Kasha, it's a kasha. Okay, so this is going to lead us to a much larger discussion. I'm Rav Sheshis. Rav Sheshis said that when Rav said the halacha follows Rav Shimon. That again, if she marries based on two witnesses, she can go back to the first husband without the need of a divorce from the second husband. So he says, Rav must have been sleeping when he said this because it is not necessary for him to say it. Why? Right, Rav Shimon said that if she married based on two witnesses, she can go back to the first husband. Even though she technically committed adultery, but because she did nothing wrong, it's considered like rape and she's allowed to go back to the first husband. Rav says that's the halacha. Now, the Gemara says, he didn't have to say this, why? If you say that's the halacha, that implies that there's a machlokas about it, there's a shayla about it. There's no machlokas, everyone agrees to this. If you say that's the halacha, that implies that there's even a shayla about it. There's no machlokas, everyone agrees that if she married based on two witnesses, she can go back to the first husband. So why are you saying the halacha follows her shimon? It's not just her shimon, everybody agrees to this. Why? Of course she can go back to the first husband. What, what could she have done? Mayanis answer, it's considered rape. Meaning, what Rav Shimon is saying is that when she remarried based on two witnesses, and then she finds out that her husband died, her husband was alive, it's not adultery at all. And she'd go back to the first husband. So he says, oh, that's the halacha. It's Pasha, that's the halacha. What could she have done? She did nothing wrong. If she did nothing wrong, then it's considered like rape. Of course she can go back to the first husband. So that's the first point of why he, he did not have to say that's the halacha, because everyone agrees to it. But oi, Tanya, I'll prove to you everyone agrees to it. The Bryce says like this. Call The Brisa says, "All arayis. If a man marries any erva, any chayve krisus, you do not need to get from them, because kedushin is not typhus. The only time where you need to get is if a woman marries based on one witness. So one witness says the husband died, then she remar- she marries another person. She committed adultery. The halach is you need to get from the second husband. That's the only time that you need to get from the second husband." The implication of this brisa is Alpi Bezin who the boy get, get. The implication is that if she married based on two witnesses, you would not need to get. Why? Because it's it, it's not considered a marriage at all. It's considered rape. You can go back to the first husband. Now who authored this sentence? Money. So you'll say, well, this is Rav Shimon. The answer is it's not Rav Shimon. Because Rav Shimon holds you don't need to get ever when she remarries based on witnesses. Meaning this brisa is implying that if she married based on one witness and then the husband turned out to be alive, she needs to get from the second husband. But if she married based on two witnesses, she doesn't need to get. Who holds that there's a distinction between one witness and two witnesses? It's going to be the Rabbanon. Because if Shimon holds, in both scenarios, you don't need to get from the second husband. Now, you may not be able to marry the first husband anymore, but you don't need to get from the second. 
So this is not authored by Rav Shimon. So who authored it? The Rabbanon. And what do you see? That when you marry based on two witnesses, you don't need a get from the second husband. So you see from this that when you marry based on two witnesses, you don't need to get from the second husband according to everybody. It's both Rav Shimon and the Rabbanon. So when Rav says the halacha follows Rav Shimon, it's not a machlokas. Everybody agrees. The only machlokas between Rav Shimon and the Rabbanon is whether you need to get when you marry based on one witness. But when you marry based on two witnesses, everyone agrees you don't need to get. Why? Because this b'risa makes a distinction between one witness and two witnesses. And it says that when there's two witnesses, you don't need to get. And who authored this b'risa? The Rabbanon. Because Rav Shimon holds you, need to get by, you, you, you don't need to get by both. So you see that the Rabbanon who require a get by one witness holds there's no requirement by two witnesses. So you see that even the Rabbanon hold that there's a distinction, that there's no get by two witnesses. So why do you have to say that's the halacha? Everyone agrees to it. We're now saying that this b'risa, which makes a distinction between one witness and two witnesses, is not Rav Shimon. It must be the Rabbanon. And you see that it's a universal psak. And therefore, Rav did not have to say that's the halacha. How do I know that that's? How do I know that, that this is not Rav Shimon? Because Rav Shimon says like this: Rav Shimon Oimer, If a woman married based on one witness, it's kizadon ish isha. It's like an intentional act of an adultery, meaning, and seemingly you don't need to get. It's just from the second husband. It's just a- adultery, so she can't go back to the first husband. them if she marries based on two witnesses, kishigas ish isha, then it's considered like rape. And you can go back to the first husband. The implication of this price is you don't need to get by either case. You see, Shimon holds that when you marry based on one witness, you do not need to get from the second husband. So who authored the the previous b'risa, which makes a distinction between one and two, that by one you need to get from the second husband, by two you don't? It must be the Rabbanon. So you see the Rabbanon are the ones who hold that by two, even by two you don't need to get, even according to the Rabbanon, by two you don't need to get. So therefore, Rav did not have to say that's the halacha. So the Gemara says no. The truth is, Rav Shimon is the one who made the distinction between one and two. And all Rav was saying is that the halacha of Hazar Shimon, it's not universally accepted. It could be according to the Rabbanon, you do need to get. So really it's Rav Shimon. I, I thought Rav Shimon holds in both cases, you don't need to get. Now you're telling me that Rav Shimon makes a distinction between one and two. Tarz Hachi, this is how you should read the B'raisa. Rav Shimon, Oimer, Osu Bezdin Bahirasan. Rav Shimon really holds like this. If you marry based on one witness, is Kikavanas Ishbi'isha, that when you live with the second guy, it's like an act of Kedushin boy get, and you need to get. But if you marry based on two witnesses, Kishalai Kavanas Ishbi'isha, it's like considered um, an act of rape, Veloi boy get. So you see, according to this version, Rav Shimon Taka makes a distinction between one and two, that by one you need to get from the second husband, by two you don't. And therefore, it's not necessarily universally accepted that when you marry based on two witnesses, you don't need to get. That could be Rav Shimon Shita only. And therefore, when Rav says, Allah Chavaz Rav Shimon, it was Taka Chidr. Rav Ashi Amar Surakatani, he says a similar answer, which is that this Brisa was not getting involved with Gitin. It was just talking about Isura, meaning when could you go back to the first husband. If you marry based on one witness, then it's considered an act of adultery, and you cannot marry the first husband. Could be you need to get from the second, but you cannot go back to the first. But if you marry based on two witnesses, consider rape, and you could go back to the first husband. So you see, according to this version, yet again, Rav Shimon is the one who makes a distinction between one and two, and therefore... When Rav says the halacha is that when you marry based on two witnesses, you don't need to get from the second husband, you can go back to the first. That was just Rav Shimon Shita. And it's not necessarily universally accepted, and it's a chiddush. Go to the next page. Ravina Amar, two more approaches. Ravina says, Indian carbon katani. Again, it could be this b'risa was really authored by Rav Shimon. He makes a distinction between one and two. And this b'risa is just talking about whether you need to bring a carbon. Also, Bezim Bahirasan, if you marry based on one witness, then it's Kizadon Ishbi'isha. 
Because you're relying on Bezin, you don't have to bring a carbon up. But if you marry based on two witnesses, you have to bring a carbon because you're not relying on, on, on Bezin. But again, it's not getting involved in Gitin. Or another way to uh, uh, solve this, which is that, again, the question is, he said the halacha follows, uh, the halacha is that when you marry based on two witnesses, you don't need a get, which, which is what Rav Shimon said, but we're saying it's universally accepted because it's the Rabbanan as well. Because even the Rabbanon hold you don't need to get when you marry based on two witnesses. But now the Gemara is saying, no, it could be the Rabbanon tak hold you do need to get. I, didn't we say before the Rabbanon don't? Hakamaisi Rabbanon he, Teretzalchi. Shenisis al bezdin. It could be, Chutz me'ishisish, Shenis al bezdin. Rewrite the first b'risa. The b'risa said that all arayas you don't need to get, except for if you marry based on one witness. And now we add, and two witnesses. In both scenarios you need to get. So the Rabbanon sheet is, in both scenarios you need to get from the second husband. It's an achleikis or abanon or shimon, and all Rabbi is saying is the halacha follows or shimon. Okay, so from here until the end of the daf is very easy, and that is we had a svara before that when she marries based on two witnesses, where when a woman commits adultery she can never go back to her husband, but if she's raped she could, assuming the husband's not a kind. We're saying before that when she marries based on two witnesses, it's considered rape, and she can go back to the husband. Why? Because she did nothing wrong. And if a woman did nothing wrong even if she wasn't physically attacked, but she did nothing wrong, she can go back to her husband. And the Gemara says, is that true? We're going to ask about six questions, where these are cases of Gittin, where there was a mess up in the get, and she, it's considered an act of adultery, even though she did nothing wrong. And the Gemara, every single time, is going to answer that she did something wrong, because she should have read the get properly. Let's see it inside. Masavulula says, I have a kasha. Do we say such a svara? That we we don't treat we treat it like rape when she did nothing wrong. But the Mishnah says like this: uh, the halacha is that you have to write a get using the date of the local monarchy. Let's say instead of the local monarchy of Eretz Yisrael, use the Roman government, which is an invalid date. Or you did modai yavan, all invalid. Or instead of using the date of the monarchy, you use the date of the construction of the Beis the Churban of the destruction of the Beis or you wrote the wrong location in the get. In all these cases, the get is invalid, and if she used that get to remarry, she has to leave her uh, second husband because she was never really she was never really married to him, so she has to leave the second husband, and she can't go back to the first husband because she, she committed adultery. I, why don't we say it's rape? Why don't we say that it's rape? Because she did nothing wrong. She just relied on a get that was invalid. So what did she do wrong? So the Gemara answers, she should have read the get. She should have read it properly. That's considered something wrong. Meaning, if she did nothing wrong, Taka, it's considered rape, she can go back to the first husband. But over here, she did something wrong. Why? Because she should have read it properly. Amrav Simi Barashi, another kasha, Toshma. The kindness is Yevimtoi. Let's say, right, the halacha is that when there's two women, they're co-wives. One does yibam and the other one goes free. So let's say one woman did yibam, so the co-wife married someone else. The co-wife then finds out that the woman who did yibam was actually an islandess. So she actually never did yibam because she wasn't roy for yibam. So in essence, the co-wife should have done yibam. And the co-wife, you know, instead had, uh, had married someone else. So what's the halacha? The halacha is... The halacha is she has to leave her husband because she had to do yibam, but she can't do yibam right now. She has to do chalitza. Why? Because it's considered an act of adultery against the yavam. But why? What did she do wrong? 
she let the co she let the the other wife do yibum. Turns out the other wife didn't uh, was an islandist. But how was that her fault? What would she have done wrong? The answer is, she should have waited. She should have waited to ascertain whether the other wife is an islandist. And because she didn't wait, that's considered doing something wrong. Another kasha, very similar. The halacha was that we saw in the first Mishnah, there's two wives, one's an erva and one's a co-wife. The erva exempts the co-wife. So the co-wife is exempt, so she marries someone else, and then she gets a phone call, and they're told, oh, the erva that exempted you is actually an islandist. So she was never fit. So you actually should have done yibum. What's the halacha? Same thing. She she has to leave her new husband and she can't do yibum because it's an act of an adultery. We should have said the exact same thing. What did she do wrong? The answer is she should have waited. Yeah. Another kasha. Toshima. Kasav soifer get le'ish v'shoivel isha. The, the cipher was writing a get for the man, and he was writing the receipt for the woman. The, rece- the woman gets the receipt, she hands it to the man. When the, hand, the man hands her the get, and she hands the man the receipt. What happened was, the cipher, instead of giving the get to the man and the receipt to the woman, he gave the get to the woman and the receipt to the man. So they swapped the wrong things. The man gave the woman the receipt, and the woman gave the man the get. So it was actually invalid. So they were never actually divorced. So she didn't know this, because she just got a paper from the guy. He, she gave him something, not realizing that they got the wrong papers. She marries someone else, thinking she's single. Turns out she's not. She has to leave both husbands. Why? Why isn't it rape? She should be able to go back to the first husband. It was rape. She did. What did she do wrong? The answer is, she should have read it. You can't just say, I got the wrong paper. You should have read it. Another thing, let's say the cipher had the wrong name of the man, the wrong name of the woman, the wrong city. It's an invalid get. And if she used it to remarry, she has to leave her new husband and she can't go back to the first husband because she committed adultery. Why? What did she do wrong? The answer is, she should have read it more carefully. The halach is that when a kayan, because a kayan, if a kayan gets divorced, he can never take her back. So, what they would do is by a kayan, they would make what's called a get kerech, is that they would make a get that had a lot of folds, and on every fold, um, the, they would get a different witness. It was a slower process to make it harder for them to get divorced, to give them more time to think about it. So let's say they use this get kerech, and, and then she gets divorced, and she marries marry someone else and then they find out that one of the folds was missing a witness so it's invalid get Allah is again she committed adultery she can't go back to the first husband why? what did she do wrong? the answer is she should have read the get okay so the Gemara ends off with this Rapapa had a similar situation where a woman remarried based on two witnesses and find out the husband's alive so the Mishnah said she can go back to the first husband because it's considered rape. Rav Papa wanted to pass in that way. But don't you have all these kashas? We had that entire, we just had seven kashas, which imply that even if you did even if you did nothing wrong, it's not considered rape, and she can't go back. So he says, but we answered every single one. You want to rely on answers? Meaning, it's, it's better to be machmer. If she lived with another man, it's better to treat it as, as adultery and to not let the, let her go back. Upasak, and that's what his psak was. Okay, we'll end with this.
Um, the premise of the Mishnah, where it's a big problem, is where the husband shows up. So she remarries based on one witness, and then the husband shows up, so she has to leave both. Says the Gemara, It's only a problem if the husband shows up. If it's just a rumor that the husband's alive, the rumors are swirling, that, that's not a big deal. We're not going to make her get divorced based on rumors. So the Gemara says, Hi, Kala. This room, what kind of rumor are we discussing? If the rumor just started circulating after she married the second husband, of course we don't take those seriously. We never take rumors seriously about that, that, that begin after the marriage. Like if a Kayan marries a woman and then there are rumors that she was really a Zaina. So if the rumors existed before the marriage took place, fine. But if it, if it existed, if the rumors only started circulating afterwards, we don't care about that. So over here, Ravashi Ravashi go to the next page. Any rumor that begins after the marriage takes place is nothing. So over here, this rumor that the husband's alive only took place after the second husband, after the, she remarried. Why would we even think about it? That Ravashi has to say we don't care about the rumors. Of course, because the rumors began afterwards. The answer is, You might think that because this woman had to approach Bezdin and petition her release, she had to go over to Bezin and say, my husband died, and bring the first witness. You might think it's as if the rumor began circulating before her marriage. Meaning, the very fact that we required her to go to court and to receive like a dispensation to remarry, you might think that it's like, the very fact that she had to do that is like already there's like a possibility that her husband's still alive. Like the very fact that we had to go through this whole process shows that there's a possibility the husband's alive. So you might think that it's as if the rumor began before the second marriage took place. Kamash no. Rumors is not a problem.